good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are near or far high or low you're listening to the coach d podcast and listeners uh i'm extremely excited to have this guest on i've done a little bit of research on her and um just to delve into the depths of just you know how she became the athlete that she is today but listeners you know how we do on the coach d podcast we have to introduce these athletes at this level the right way so let me just cue the music and let me get my commentator voice on listeners stepping on the court at six foot by way of the netherlands a power forward who has played for the dutch under 16s national team competed in the all european championships under 16s coming third she was a all dutch most improved player of the year in 2015 a bronze winner in the european championships under 20s as well as being awarded center of the year in 2016 listeners please give a warm welcome stepping on the court is janice and (laughs) d-boy that's great (laughs) i mean before we even get started uh we have to give a round of applause because a birdie told me that it was your birthday a couple of days ago so happy (laughs) belated birthday to you (laughs) thank you thank you appreciate it of course of course now i mean be before we even get started uh janice talk to me um in this moment how's your physical and how's your mental uh physically i feel great uh one year ago i tore my achilles Mm-hmm. and I re- recovered from it like fully I feel great I feel stronger than ever um, and yeah physically I feel great mentally um, like one and a half months ago I just finished my season mm-hmm. so now I feel like I miss basketball again I want to play <laughs> uh, I want to practice and get better so like I can't wait for another season to start uh, I'm the I'm the same. I think for 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 me here in uh, London, I think um, basketball England has given us the all clear since March, and now that the sun is out, Janice, I'm telling you, I just came back from a session, and when I tell <laughs> you the parks is full, everyone's just like playing music, hooping. Oh, the energy is just oh yeah. man, it's just so good to be back, you know. So yeah, good everybody to be back. missed it. <laughs> yeah. Now. I mean, just before we speak about your professional career, if you could mm-hmm. just um, take us back to a Janice who was uh, very young, you know, she, she wasn't as tall, you know, she, she didn't know um, anything about sports. Kind of just mm-hmm. take us back to the very first time you had a basketball put in your hands. Well, I think I was like 10, 11, because before basketball, I wanted to street dance. So oh, I, wait a minute. Yes. Okay, okay. Talk about this. You see, you, you and I are sharing the same passion already. I love this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so my mom, she took me to like a basketball class. And uh, there was a performance of street dance. And she brought me there to like put me on basketball. So I saw them dancing and I was like, I don't want to play basketball. I want to street dance right <laughs> so i did that for four years and uh, after that my mom took me again to another basketball class and she was like okay let's try one more time to see if you like it and uh, after that i fell in love with basketball so i was like 11 i think when i started wow. and i gave up my dancing career uh for like a basketball career man 
Yeah, no. But like, do you do you still? Cause for me, like, it's 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 funny, and it and it actually surprised me that you said dance because I don't think the listeners even know. Before I came heavily invested into basketball, mm-hmm. dancing was one of my main passions, you know. And it was kind of the same. I think um, I took dancing really serious until secondary school was when sports basketball got introduced to me and and i kind of you know gave up my um, yeah hobby of um dancing and went into basketball but for yourself do you still like you know when you're out and about do you do you still have that two-step that rhythm down or or are you still a bit shaky when it comes to seeing you on a dance floor <laughs> uh, i'm kind of shaky now like when when i'm out and, and have a few drinks i can't dance but right. like i'm a little shaky right <laughs> Oh yeah. man, now um what like growing up, I mean you taking dance and then you um gradually picking up a ball and learning basketball, how would you describe um I guess sports wise? I'm I'm quite curious, what's the sports culture like in the Netherlands and what were some of the things that you was being exposed to at that young age? Um, I think the discipline. Uh, like from a young age already because um, at one point they saw I had talent so I had like I improved really fast Mm -hmm. and uh, I started to play like with older girls so I had to be disciplined to follow them you know because I was younger um, but I wanted to be at the same level as them Mm -hmm. so I had to work hard um, and I was like I really wanted to learn so I was always focused on basketball and like listening to the coaches, what they said. Um, and yeah, I think that was it. Wow. So did that, I mean, you, you said the word discipline, which I absolutely love, but did that, was that hard to come by at the time or, or was it fairly um, easy because you was competing with uh, older players, you kind of had yeah. no choice but to be disciplined? <laughs> Um, I think it was there. Like sometimes it was hard because my schoolmates they they would party or uh, they would have other stuff to do on a Saturday, and I had to be like, okay, I have to play a game, you know. Right. And right. Um, at that moment, like I was so into basketball that I didn't even care, and I wanted to play the game, you know. So and from when I was younger, like my parents always taught me to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that was easy, but like at some point, like it was hard when they had a party or I don't know a birthday party, right, and I couldn't right. be there, you know. Yeah, sacrifices, man. And, yeah. Um. So the the basketball scene, because I mean, here in London, at least when I started back in two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. it definitely was like a like a hidden sport, if that makes sense. It 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 was it was like a very small amount of people that knew about basketball and how to play it and obviously over the years now as I'm starting to coach you're starting to realize um just how big um basketball has grown here in Mm -hmm. London and there's so many teams and so many leagues now which I absolutely love even though we uh have a long way to go you know just to catch up with some of the teams in Europe and some of the teams in the Mm -hmm. US but for yourself um how would you describe the the basketball scene back then was it was it huge small or did you kind of just have to figure it out 
Um, in my city, it was pretty small. So okay. when I was 14, I moved to another city. I mean, I stayed, like, I lived in the city where I was born. Mm-hmm. But I had to travel, like, one hour from my city every day to be on a better level. So I did that for two years. Um, and then I went to Amsterdam because that is the biggest, like, basketball. Um, yeah, I've heard Like, that. the academy they had. Right. Yeah. So then when I was 16, I moved and I lived by myself in Amsterdam to like have a bigger like option, play with the best players of the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And um, like there, that was the option to grow, like to be an international player. Right. So, right. but like back, back then in my city, it was really small. See, and, and from what I've seen, because I think um, over the past few summers, I've definitely because usually when the NBA season is finished, the Euroleague men's and women's is finished, I kind of go, okay, like, what is there else to watch that's to do with basketball? And this is where the three-on-three tournaments come in, and Amsterdam, mm-hmm. Netherlands, they get busy. But the, the one thing that intrigues me is um, there's always, you kind of learn what other coaches or how other people view you when you move from city to city or when you visit a completely different country you get other people's perspectives on um you know ballers from the netherlands or ballers from amsterdam so was there any um cliches that people would say about you know if you're a baller from the netherlands they they play one type of style or you wasn't really getting it that much uh, I think they always said that we play too sweet like we're too nice on the court oh but, really okay. yeah really like on European championships we would always win the like fair play uh, trophy oh, wow. uh, yeah yeah so I think that they would say that but mm-hmm. I, I think over the years we we really grew with like our techniques and like we like were becoming to be big in Europe too Mm-hmm. So and even at the world stage, like we were growing, right. but I think o- overall they would say that we're like too nice on the court. You see, and the way you said that, I could just tell there's there's a bit of a chip on your shoulder because it's 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 quite funny because um I think it's the perception has changed a little bit here, but I remember when mm-hmm. I was the head coach for London and I took the mm-hmm. team up to Manchester and Janice, I had no clue what uh like because i was come it was a new role for me so like it was interesting to find out other people's perspectives on uh how they think about ballers in london and when i heard janice oh you're from london okay so you got a bunch of street ballers with you i was like what (laughs) are you serious oh so that's how you people in manchester and all that now listeners not to say i've got beef with these people but it was interesting to 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 get my take and i was like oh you think we're just a bunch of street ballers and literally oh that team huddle was all right fellas we're gonna play organized basketball Uh solid screens communication actually show them how we play the game of basketball but that just baffled me because even though we all play the game of basketball one how it's taught in city to city country to country is very different but people's perceptions of how other people play fascinates me yeah you know oh mm-hmm. my goodness it's it's, yeah. it's really really interesting now growing up just before we speak about your pro career who was um some of the role models that you looked up to and you kind of uh emulated your game after um i always looked up to mj kobe 
um, those players, I didn't really have like knowledge of like women players at that time yet. Right. Because I was always like NBA was more on TV, of course, than women's basketball. Right. Um, but like about my own game, I don't know, like because I'm not a, a player like Kobe or like MJ. Like I'm more like inside, like close to the basket, you know. Right. Um, but like nowadays when I look at women's basketball I really like Sonia Petrovic her game and like mm-hmm. all those players but it's not that I really say I like that I have one type of style that I play right um, so yeah I like it I like it okay and you you kind of touched upon it and I'm curious to get a take on how would you describe um the girls basketball scene when you first started to now in terms of have you seen it increase is it on a a decline has it been more or less the same uh no i think that women now are more skilled uh like the the practices we get are better like physical like practices are better and um I think we're get, like we're getting faster too because it was always that men's basketball was always like fast and now like women are getting there too. Right. Um, right. So I think like the practices are getting better. We have more knowledge about the game, mm-hmm. um, and that really helps women too. Right. Oh no, you ain't got to tell me that women are fast because uh, I mean the listeners know, and uh, I'm not gonna get deep into the story because I've probably told the story like a hundred times, but Janice, all I'm gonna say is there was one time I was I was young, <laughs> I was dumb, I was 16, volunteering, um, shout out to Yolanda who absolutely crossed me up on the forecourt, and uh-huh. just, it was from that moment I was like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, like, there's some ballers out there for sure, you uh-huh. know, so, yeah. oh man, that was a very uh, humbling moment, let me say that, you know, but um, I mean, just in, in terms of, you know, the, the success that you've seen from young is, is really um, amazing because a lot of players, you know, take pride in you know it's it's one thing to wear your jersey that mm-hmm. represents your school or your district or your city but uh wear a jersey that's representing the whole nation yeah. um you know you playing for the under 16s national team i mean first mm-hmm. off before we even get to you know the the level that you was being exposed to um how did that call up come about um like, how did it come that I was with the national team? Yes, yes. Uh, like, we have something that, like, you play for your region. Okay. And, uh, like, you get scouted to play for the for the national team. And um, I think I've been scouted, like, once or twice. And I didn't make it because I was, at that time, I was young. And I wasn't good enough yet. Mm-hmm. And um, like two years later, I was in the team and like, it was unbelievable. I never really thought that I could play um, for the national team and play for your country, you know? Right, right. Now, I mean, what's like, just just for people who are curious, because I mean, I've been fortunate, I've, I've never played at that level, but I've been fortunate enough to coach at that level. Uh-huh. And definitely just the attention to detail the maturity of the players the skill set you know your ability to really think about the game of basketball for you playing at that level you know what 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 did 
those training camps looked like and you know those first couple of games was you like nervous and trembling and missing in the layup line yeah 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 even in practices i would throw the ball over the basket like so nervous like even driving there i would make myself so nervous right Um, right but thank god like my teammates they had the same and we would make each other like feel comfortable nice um but like as I said, at some point, like it's discipline, how hard you practice, and like at some point it will come out, you know, it will show like, th- like how hard you work for it, right? And like the stress would go away. Mm-hmm. But like, it all has to do with discipline and like, stay focused. That is it. That is it. Now, I mean, uh, I I I feel like there's a moment for not just hoopers. But, you know, for these athletes in general, there's that moment where you realize that you was nice at Mm -hmm. the game of basketball. So, Janice, I'm going to need you to Mm kind of go back or it could be even a recent memory, whether it was a block, a steal, uh, a jab, crossover, you, you know, getting a foul. Like, what was that moment that you realized that I am nice at this game of basketball? Um... I think like it was my last under 20 European championship and I I don't know like I played really good there and I felt like when I was there like okay all these years of hard work really came out and it and it showed that I could play basketball and that I'm like nice you know at this game and that I can play against like great countries like France and like put 20 on them you know right mm, humbly I like so, it I like yeah. it yeah <laughs> so like at that point I thought like okay every, all these years are coming out now you see and just talk about because it's um you know being at that level I think a lot of people will just uh, assume that you just got there from being good and, and you didn't make any mistakes and I think mm-hmm. one thing with, with this podcast is just really one um explain that especially with young athletes coming up that adversity is part of the process and when you Mm -hmm. go through challenges more than anything it reintroduces you to yourself if that makes sense in Mm -hmm. in terms of when you're going through struggles the ups and downs you know how how deep is your purpose why do you love the game of basketball what does it bring you and if you've got a strong purpose or a strong why that's what's going to keep you disciplined so for yourself like what was um just some of the challenges that you went through earlier on that you found maybe difficult and what kept you on that path just to stay focused um like the difficulties are uh, of course that you don't see your family a lot uh, you can't hang with your friends that much. You miss birthday parties and um, even like some like really bad moments, you know, when mm-hmm. somebody passes away. Yeah. Um, but it gives you so much back, like to see your family being proud at you, even like your friends that you play for your country. And um, those moments make it really worth it and see that you grow. Mm-hmm. And, that people respect you for the sacrifices you make. Right. And um, those those things keep me going. That like I see my family being proud of me, 
uh, and that I enjoy playing basketball, you know. Right. And of course, there are moments when it's tough, or you you think like, is it really worth it when you're mm-hmm. in another country and you your family is sad or whatever. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, you meet so many new people. You see so much of the world through a basketball, you know. Like that's crazy. I'm telling you. See, I, that's, see, I, oh man, you see, I, I'm finding it so hard to stick to my talking points. But <laughs> now that we're here, let's just let's just kind of um, briefly speak about it because it's funny you say that because um, I was um, at a training session and I was about 30 minutes early and I'm just there shooting um, free throws and mm-hmm. I kind of had a moment to myself like, damn, like this round ball. Mm-hmm. has given me opportunities it's it's allowed me to speak with people i never would have thought i would be speaking yeah. with the amount of knowledge the amount of places that i've traveled the amount of people i've been fortunate enough to impact just this round ball has yeah, given me exactly. all of it you know and and when i'm shooting it's just nothing but peace and mm-hmm. tranquility so for yourself i mean just just looking at your career as a whole what are some of the surprising things or experiences that that basketball has given you? Um, like that I went to uh, China, for example, like we had to do the Olympic Games and um, like being there and to see that they made a whole village for all these athletes, like that was crazy. Oh. Yeah, like, or like even some bad uh, countries I've been to and see how people live there and they still make the best out of their their career you know like I was in Serbia in a really small town and you see that they are practicing even before practice started you know on their ball handling you Talk know about it, man. My yeah and and like the circumstances there are really bad but they trying to get better and make something of, the, of themselves and like that's just amazing to see that like how privileged we are in the Netherlands mm-hmm. that we have good gyms, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that's amazing to me. You see, it's it's so true because um, I think you just you just hit on something that that you know kind of hits deep with me because I get a, um, a lot of questions just in terms of coach like I'm you know going for a a trial or I don't have a gym i've I've Mm. only got a outdoor park or i don't have a hoop like how you know how can i still get better and Mm -hmm. you know i think for the most part i always say that when players who look at other players who have like a strength and conditioning coach or they go to a private school or they're they're Mm -hmm. in a gated community those players who have the advantage don't take advantage of the fact that they have the advantage doesn't mm-hmm. make sense mm-hmm. you know and yeah, it's just like yeah. like you were saying how you know when you're traveling to all these different countries and you're seeing you know people with less still making the most out of it, you know like whether yeah. it's taping at, like i've seen on, on instagram i showed me so many things like i'll see like a uh like a um area where it's just nothing but rocks but they've literally put like a box or like a trash can on a tree and they're working on form shooting and i'm just like yeah. damn there's really no yeah. excuses you can work on ball handling dribbling of course defense something you know so mm-hmm. oh man like it, you, you can definitely make the most out of any circumstance that you're in for sure of for course sure, you know and what how would you describe 
um, the player pathway in the Netherlands? Like, is it, is it, uh, what's the word? Is it like um, common knowledge for players who want to play for the national team and above? Is there like a clear map of, okay, I need to play for my school or my region and then I get selected? Or is that yeah. information not as um, tangible to some of the athletes um like it, most of the time is that you play for your region mm-hmm. and there you get scouted and then like you get most of the times you get scouted for the basketball academy in amsterdam right. and through that process like the national team coaches see you um and from there like you can go to the bigger stage but most of the times you go through this academy in amsterdam and they basically take all the talents there Mm-hmm. and practice with them and then they see if they go to the states to go there to a university or uh, you want to be a professional basketball player after the academy in Amsterdam right right so like most of the times it goes through Amsterdam okay and out of curiosity have you uh, played over in the states no no Oh, I wanted to play because I did college in Amsterdam already for two years. Ah, so okay. if if I wanted to go to the States, I only had two more years. And I said, I want to start my professional career already. Okay. You see, that, that's the one thing. Because of the um, accent, I'm, I'm always envious of people with the... Uh, they, they, they have like a... And I'm sure you... I'm not the first person I've seen this, but you have an American twang, which I absolutely love. And I feel like people from America want to swap with my accent and I want to swap with their <laughs> yeah. accent you know sometimes so that could be quite funny oh uh-huh. man but I mean just in terms of you I mean competing in so many European championships mm-hmm. um, if you can what were some of the uh, biggest challenges that you had to overcome whether it was playing time or playing with a injury just, just adapting to the defence or the offense or just competing against a great team and how you adapted to those challenges um i think like when i started i was like on the like not on the on the bench for being like the 12 like 11 12 player Mm -hmm. but i wasn't like a starter so i had to work myself up you know to be in the role um of being in the starting five and everything Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes that was challenging and hard to like get motivation and get the confidence of the coach, you know? Right, right. Um, But like through hard work, you get there and be patient. So um, at some point I had a European championship under 16 and I had one day in between to go to the under 18. Um, Yeah, so that was tough, but like, I knew it was for a good reason and I would play a lot. Um, but like sometimes that would be hard to have two European championships through the summer. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, yeah. That's tough. And like one time I had one under 16 and we uh, we were always in the A division and we went to the B division. So that was like, yeah, that was like really sad for all of us. Right. So the one day in between, I had rest and I went the other day to the under 18 and we fought for a medal, you know? 
So that was like a really failure for under 16 and something really like special with under 18, you know? Right, right. But oh like goodness. we lost that game for the bronze medal with one point. <sighs> it's it's, it's yeah. always those games. Lost us one yeah. point. Oh my yeah. gosh. So, man, oh man. You must have been exhausted after those two yeah. days. Goodness me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Now, I, I guess the, the next question that I'm curious to know is at, at what point did you decide to turn pro but also what were some of the important factors that helped you make that decision um when i had my last year in amsterdam i felt like i was ready to mm-hmm. make the step to go like outside my country right. and uh, the coach i had at that time he had like an option for me to go to sweden and have like a week of a tryout there and see okay. how it is to be a professional, you know? Nice. And yeah, when I was there, I really liked it. The people were really nice and they helped me there, you know? So they made me feel comfortable. Um, and I think it was an easy step because like the people from Sweden, they kind of look like us in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. They're open people, warm people. Like, I felt I was ready to go there and get the challenge, you know? Right, right. And I think one thing that, well, not just one thing, there was a few things that stand out to me when I was watching some of your highlights. I think it's one thing to to, to be an athlete of your size, but to get them to buy in on the defensive end is, is something that doesn't happen with a lot of athletes and the amount of blocks and listeners, don't worry, all the information is going to be in the description, but you just swap balls out of nowhere and like, get that out of here! I'm like, okay, okay, say less, Janice, say less. But just in, in, in terms of, I mean, again, because it's it, it's it's a great thing to praise because it, it can be a challenge at times, especially when you have someone who has the physical attributes. Offensively, yes, but it's the it's the defense. Can you know we get them to, to buy in on the on the defensive end and not just rack up fouls, but actually play defense a certain way. So, who or what got you locked in to to really commit? Not just offensively, but defensively. Um, like I get so much energy. Mm-hmm. when I get a block or I like bet. a steal <laughs> or bet. like even, even like a deflection you know like when right. you touch the ball and somebody else gets the steal because you you like touch the ball mm-hmm. like that gives me so much energy and I feel like defense wins like championships you know yes, so if I work hard on defense and I see my teammates working hard too like that gives me the most you know right so right. like I always start with like defense and then you know you get the confidence and offense will come you know so that's what I like why I'm so locked in right right understood understood now I mean you compete in in the FIBA three on three tournaments I mean like mm-hmm. I said it, it's a it's a new thing for me that I'm starting to get into but I mean just in in, in terms of I I mean there's one thing that I know is is the fitness needs to be on 
10, 11, 12, 13, mm-hmm. you need to break the scale because it's a lot of, you know, the with five and five, you can afford to at times not touch the ball or, or, or sometimes hide in the offense. But with a three yeah. on three, you need to get open, you need to rebound, you need to set screens, you're going to get the ball. So yeah. for yourself, uh, how was that experience like for you? But also, how would you describe some of the similar, the, Similar, yeah, I can't even say the word similarities <laughs> and the differences between a five on five game versus the three on three tournaments. Uh, like you said, the game goes way faster. Like, mm-hmm. like Jeez. when you blink, there's already a layup. <laughs> yes, like it goes so fast, but like, like the similarities are. Like, if you are skilled at five on five, you'll always be good at three on three too, you know, because you have mm-hmm. so much pace. But it's like, like it's defense too. You could be so good in, on five on five in offense, but if you're if you're bad in defense, like you need that in three on three, you know. Mm-hmm. So like I, like I said and you said, like it's so fast uh, the three on three game, and there's no moment to take a break or like <laughs> stand in the corner, you know. Right, right. Or like you you need to be ready to play yes. that game and. Like you said, you need to be like physically 100% mm-hmm. because like you need your conditioning and your strength because that game is so tough. Like when I started, like it wasn't so tough yet. I feel like now when you play three and three, it's like a mix of kickboxing and basketball, <laughs> you know? Yeah, really. Like if you look at the players, yeah. they're so like jacked off, like they're so strong. Yeah, like, yeah. It is, it is, it is so fast paced. But some of the moments and the highlights, the crossovers, the and one, some of the finishes, it's just oof, second yeah. to none. Second yeah. to none. I mean, and, uh, and, and it's it's uh, fascinating, and I'm very intrigued to see how they do this moving forwards. That um, it's actually going to be a uh, in the Olympics, if I'm correct. Yeah. Three three basketball. So that that should be very interesting. Yeah. Very very interesting. Mm-hmm. So see the next question i asked because um you know i've I've said this before on the podcast the pandemic was definitely uh interesting for me and the reason why i say that is because it was a chance to without me realizing because i was wearing the coach d hat so much even mm-hmm. to when I got home, I'm still thinking about basketball, <laughs> you know, and, and fortunately, shout out to Netflix because I was, I, I, oh, goodness gracious, I was binging on that, watching The Last Dance. I'm, I'm sure everyone in the world was watching The Last mm-hmm. Dance. But when that finished, I was like, okay, coach, now what do you do? Okay, let me watch some old school NBA games. Okay, coach, mm-hmm. now what? Let me look at some drills. And, and literally, I started to see a pattern like everything I did was basketball. I was, okay, let me take off the Coach D hat uh-huh. and let me put on the Demetrius hat where like I watch comic books, I like to dance, learn languages. Like it took me a minute to like, you, you know, put on my Demetrius hat. So for yourself, is there, you know, or what are the differences and some of the similarities between Janice the athlete, the player versus mm-hmm. Janice the person? Um, I think I think that I'm really like a caring person even like on the court and off the court mm-hmm. and um, that I enjoy being with friends with family and 
even like my teammates you know i love to see them even when we don't like play with the national team or when i'm not in my season i would love to travel to another country to see one of my teammates you know um but like like you said i like to read books and um, go for walks so like when i'm not on the court i i love to be like with family and people that i'm not like that I don't see a lot during mm. my seasons. Right. Um, so yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And, and one thing I can't rely, Janice. You're your because I was um, checking out your YouTube page and you were tasting music. I literally clicked on the link and I hear mm. Darnell Jones. I said, "Wait a yeah. minute! Why am I dancing yeah. all of a sudden? Wait, hold <laughs> on! I was not, I was not expecting this. And I click on another video. I'm hearing Aaliyah. I'm like, okay, Demetrius. You're gonna interview her. Don't be late for the interview. Cut this video off. You know, I was like, okay, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, a lot of people say that I have like an old soul, like, and I I feel it myself too. That like I was born in the wrong generation because like the music taste I have, or like the movies or books I read, are right. like, a lot from like oh, back. Man, I love it. I love yeah. it. And just um looking at, and I'm sure there's people that some going to be checking out your instagram for sure um after this podcast or one thing that i like is um because i used to do the same on mine but now i i kind of use some of those quotes um as teaching points is you you have a lot of uh motivational quotes or just sayings and each one is kind of different according to you know what you was going through at that time but mm-hmm. for yourself you know why you know do some of those quotes resonate with you and and why is it important that you share some of those quotes awesome. um because i think a lot of people go through the same things you know mm-hmm. and like i want to motivate people and um show them that they're not alone you know right and um yeah, I like to like spread love and make people happy, uh, and also make them love each love themselves. You know, because right, I think that's key. Right. yeah, if you don't love yourself, you can't love others. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to like give to the people that follow me and um, show like on my Instagram that I'm a really caring person, mm-hmm. and that if you love yourself, you could love others. And, understood understood and you see that's that's one thing that i think is definitely important and just i mean just just looking at your professional career how would you say how do you think the game of basketball because the reason why i said that is because a lot of players even um sometimes you'll see it in the pros where you have someone who's extremely athletic or they have all the physical attributes in a one-on-one or in a fast break that's Mm -hmm. where they shine but when the game kind of slows down into a half court Mm -hmm. set where you got to think about spacing and how they're defending the pick and rolls and matchups and if they throw a zone how do you still attack the gaps for yourself in in terms of what your knowledge of basketball was um when you first started to now um how has that changed just in terms of how you think the game of basketball 
I think when I started, like, it was a lot of instinct, you know. I would, mm. like, just go. Uh, I wouldn't look <laughs> at who was in the paint. I would just go. Right. You know? uh, if there was a zone, if I was open, I would shoot it, you know. Right. I wasn't looking if there was a better option. Right. Um, and I think now, like, it's more tactical. Uh, I would see... Uh, if the player is left-handed or right-handed that I'm guarding and like put their weaknesses, you know. Here we go. Um, right. And like if they would throw a zone, I would see what is the best option to throw the ball to instead of me shooting the ball with like two players in front of me, you know. Right. right. Um, so I think now it's more that I'm reading the game and not like going within. Like of course I would go with instinct, but like smarter, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, now, like, I'm reading the game more and just see where, where the best option is. Right, right. It's um, funny when you were saying when you was uh, younger, you were just instinct and, and just go and just drive to the basket and shoot. Yeah. I, I can kind of imagine your coach on the side and be like, God damn it, Janice, no, <laughs> Janice, stay calm, God, Janice, what did I just say? Like, just just yeah. going on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now, I mean... How would you say, uh, or just in general, um, I think just, well, one thing that I love is from when I started to now, women's basketball, not just in London, but just in general, is getting a lot more publicity, a lot more exposure. And you actually have now, like, the names, like the Sue Birds, Brianna Stewart, Skylar Diggins, mm-hmm. T. Cooper, like, the names goes um, on, you know? So, for yourself, is there anything you would like to see changed on how girls are introduced into basketball? Um, no, I think we're on a pretty good like road that they show that women can play, can play basketball too. And um, I mean, maybe they can put it more on like the TV uh-huh. because like here in Europe, we don't really have like TV that like channels that would show WNBA. Um, but I think we're on a good way with women's sports and like basketball right nice so yeah nice I love it I love it just before we um, wrap up we're going to enter the third quarter which I like to call the quick hitters segment so I'm just going to ask you some questions Janice and just see where you're at with them so the first one I'm going to say Janice is what would you say is a skill that is taught by many but only mastered by a few um, I think it's um, like that only a few can play with the pressure mm, okay like like the the goats, you know. Right, right. I like that. Why do you mean that? Um, because to me there are a lot of good players, but when the pressure comes, like there are only a few that mm. can, you know, like go on with the game or play through the pressure. You see, I, oh, oof, see, I was about to say play in the NBA, but I don't want people in the comments to tear me down but there is a certain someone who is playing for a certain team that's gotten better uh-huh. that I don't think 
is clutch when it comes to the playoffs like that. So but yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But anyway, <laughs> moving uh, on, moving <laughs> on. Um, oh, next one is best piece of advice you ever received. Um, that you can accomplish everything mm-hmm. that you you want. Just work hard for it and be patient. Indeed, patience is so key. So mm-hmm. key. Next one, if it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned filling the blank about myself. Can you say that again? Sure. If it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have learned filling the blank about myself. What, what, what do you mean by that? So, like, um, what has basketball taught you that you wouldn't have learned? Uh-huh, okay. Um... I think to be humble and I was uh, I was never like a cocky person or whatever but the things that I've seen through basketball really like kept me humble and everything nice nice okay and the final one before we enter the fourth quarter and I'm, and I'm quite curious to get your answer on this is Janice what would the title of your autobiography be? Um, I think it would be love yourself. Mm. I like that. I like that. Okay, and we're now in the fourth quarter. We're going to have a little bit of uh, fun now, Janice. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to put you in the hot seat for just a minute. What I do with my Mm -hmm. guests is I give them 10 seconds and they need to name me five things. So, for example, I might say... Janice, as an example, uh, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five NBA teams. And usually when you hear the countdown, which should happen now, Ten, nine, that's when you can just eight, start seven, listing the five six, things off. Five. Okay. Yeah? Cool. Okay. Right, let's start nice and um, easy. Okay, first one, Janice, is I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five NBA players. Okay. Uh, Ten, LeBron James. Nine, yep. Um, Michael Jordan. Yep. Easy. Uh, Carmelo Anthony. Yep. Stephen Curry. Two, yep. Tim Duncan. One. Let's go. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, okay. Number, whoops. Number two. Uh, 10 seconds, Janice, to name five NBA teams. Uh, Denver Nuggets. Yep. Nine. Dallas Mavericks. Yep. Golden Seven, State. Miami Heat. Six, five. The four. LA Lakers. Easy, easy. With four seconds left. Okay, now I'm gonna give you the heads up. This next one, a lot of guests have uh, stumbled in the past. This one really <laughs> tests uh, your. I mean, they do say these people's names. It's not uh-huh. as much, but let's just see how uh, tapped in you are with the game so let's see okay 10 seconds Janice you need to name five NBA coaches oh no <laughs> um, Ten, Phil Jackson nine, okay eight, uh, seven six no five, four, <laughs> three, two I ain't gonna lie that one is tough that one is that tough that is tough yeah <laughs> okay Oh, next one. Let's see how you. Do. This one is is the difficulty 
lessons a little bit but again some of the guests find this one a little bit difficult right let's see 10 seconds to name five international players in the nba uh luka Doncic. okay 10 um, 9 8 7 bogdanovich six, yep here we go five, uh four, you have two bogdanoviches two uh, yep one no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is bad. <laughs> it's all good. Okay, last two, last two. Let's see if we can finish strong. Okay, these last two should be fairly easy. Okay, Janice, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to give me your top five players of all time. Um, Sonia Petrovic, Michael Jordan, eight, okay. Paul seven, Pierce, six, Kobe Bryant, five, and four, LeBron James. Okay, three. wait a minute. Okay, talk to me. You said Paul Pierce. That's a name that doesn't get mentioned in the top five a lot. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. why is uh, why does Paul Pierce get that mention for you? Um, like back when they it was like when he was still playing for the Celtics, like, mm. they had finals against the Lakers, and it went on, you know. Right. And right. he was always a player that would get my attention, and like he was just an amazing player, and I think he, like he doesn't get all the attention that he deserves. So like I would think about a player like him like very easily because he was an amazing player to me. Friends were right. You are you are an old soul for real, boy. <laughs> considering you're you're young, but you but you know about the history of the game. Hats yeah. off to you. Hats off to you. I love that. I love <laughs> that. Okay, final one, Janice. I'm gonna need you to name five artists that get you hyped before a game. Um, ten, Max, nine, BMX, mm-hmm. okay, uh, Jay Z, five. Um, Four, three, Even Beyonce. Two, okay. One. Uh, the other one I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. Right. Listeners, we appreciate your ears. But before we wrap up, as I said, all the info is going to be in the this description. But for the listeners who want to follow you, they want to see what you got going on. Janice, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active on. Right. Right. Nice. Oh, cool. Right. Listeners, this is myself, the humble, but will block your shot if you if you drive to the paint weak. <laughs> that will set you on solid screens, hit you with the mid-range of footwork on point. Janice and Diva signing out.